Good morning, Elevation Worship Center. We welcome you on this beautiful resurrection morning. We are glad that you are able to join us here today again. We are in a very fluid situation, but we are glad that you are here, and I'm thankful for those that are here in the, in the building this morning that are helping to facilitate bringing this message to you. And uh, what a wonderful day, and I want you to turn your Bible, if you will, to the book of Luke, chapter 22, and we're going to begin reading this morning with the 39th verse. So Luke chapter 22, verse 39, and we're going to read down through number 53. We do believe in God the Father. We believe in uh, Jesus Christ, His Son, and we believe in the Holy Spirit. And we are thankful this morning that we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, even here in this place. And we pray that you feel Him right there where you are as well. Just before we minister his word this morning, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and we will pray together and ask the Lord for his touch and his uh, anointing to preach his word. Will you do that with me? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful this morning for the opportunity that we have to be here in the house of God. We thankful, Lord, for all of your goodness to us and for all of your blessings in our life. We're grateful this morning, Lord, that we serve a living and a risen Savior. I pray, Heavenly Father, that where every individual is that is listening to this broadcast this morning, I pray that you would allow the anointing of your Holy Spirit to touch their lives, that you would allow your presence, God, to just touch their hearts and minister to them. If they are discouraged, I pray that you will encourage them. If they are in need, Father, I pray that you will minister to the needs of their life. I ask, Lord, that you would be glorified, that your people would be edified, and that you would anoint me this morning to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Touch our hearts. I pray this morning, Lord, that you will give me an anointing to, uh, uh, to function and give me an anointing this morning, Lord, that helps me to deliver what you have laid upon my heart. I ask all of these things today in the mighty and awesome name of Jesus. And if you are in agreement with that prayer where you are, just simply say amen. So we're going to read beginning with Luke chapter 22, beginning with that 39th verse. And the Bible says, coming out, Jesus, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was come to the place, the garden of Gethsemane, when he was come to the place, he said unto them, pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw away. And he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And an angel appeared from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly that his sweat became great drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer, 
and had come to the disciples, he found them asleep from sorrow. And he said unto them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them, and they drew near to Jesus. And Judas intended to kiss him. And Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those around him saw what was going to happen, they said unto him, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest's ear and cut off his right ear. We know from the other gospels that it was Peter. And Jesus answered and said, permit even this. And he touched the ear of the servant of the high priest and healed him. And then Jesus said to the chief priests and the captains of the temple and the elders who had come out unto him, have you come out as against a robber with swords and with clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me. And now pay particular attention, if you will, to the last line of this 53rd verse. He says, when I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. This is your hour and the power of darkness. As we begin here this morning, today is, of course, Resurrection Sunday. Today we celebrate the wonderful truth that Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior and our Redeemer, He lives. He is risen from the dead and death could not hold Him. The resurrection celebration that we cherish and that we hold dear to our hearts stands as a yearly reminder that not only did Jesus die for our sins upon the cross of Calvary, not only was he buried in a borrowed tomb, but we are reminded this morning that on the third day he arose from the dead. Amen. And the grave could not hold him. Can you say amen? Sunday, a Sunday school teacher asked her class of four-year-olds during the Sunday school class, does anyone know what today is? And one little girl raised her hand and said, yes, today is Palm Sunday, and the teacher said, that's right, very good. And she said, now can anybody tell me what next Sunday is? And the same little girl, her hand shot up, and she said, yes, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And the teacher said, yes, that's right, very good, I'm very proud of you. And then the teacher asked, can anyone tell me what makes Easter Sunday so special? And the same little girl, she raised her hand quickly and she said, yes, next Sunday is Easter because Jesus rose from the grave. And before the teacher could congratulate her and tell her what a good job, the little girl continued 
And she said, but if he sees his shadow, then he has to go back in for six weeks. <laughs> Amen. I hope you like that, right? Close. Close. Let me go on record this morning by saying that Jesus arose from the grave and he will never be placed in a tomb again. He arose again and he is seated this morning at the right hand of the Father, crowned forever as King of kings and as Lord of lords. Today we do not worship a Savior who is nothing more than a memory. We do not worship a Savior that remains in a tomb or in a shrine. But beloved, today we worship the Christ of God who has risen from the grave and the one who is alive forevermore. Today we celebrate a living Savior. One who not only conquered our sins, but he also conquered death. He also conquered the grave. Can you say amen? And because he lives, his word declares unto us that we shall live also. Praise God. As we turn to our text this morning, I want to begin by asking you a question. How many of you have ever heard it said that every dog has its day? Or maybe the old cliche that everyone gets their 15 minutes of fame in this life. Someone recorded a country song some years ago that said, I've had my moments, my days in the sun, moments when I was second to none. Looking at me now, you may not know it, but I've had my moments. The text that we have read this morning was Satan's finest hour. The text that we have shared was our enemy's finest moment. And maybe you are listening this morning and you don't like to think of Satan as having a fine moment, but look at the words of Jesus once again. In that 53rd verse, Jesus says, This is your hour and the power of darkness. Jesus was saying, This is your hour. This is your day in the sun. This is your hour when the darkness or the power of darkness will be allowed to prevail. This is your moment of unobstructed influence. This is your moment of unrestricted power. Another translation says, Luke chapter 22 and verse number 53, the Bible said, but this is your time when darkness shall rule. Another translation says in Luke chapter 22 and verse number 53, but this is your time when darkness shall rule. Jesus was in essence saying to the powers of darkness, you've been trying to kill me since my birth. Amen. You've been trying to kill me since my birth when, when King Herod killed all of those children, all of those little babies from two and under when I was born in Bethlehem, but you couldn't stop me. 
Jesus was in essence saying, you tried to drown me that night on the Sea of Galilee when the the wind and the waves and the boat was taking on water, but you didn't realize that I was the master of the wind. You tried to keep me and give me the kingdoms of this world. If only I would fall down and worship you, but you didn't realize that I had the power to overcome your temptations. But today, this is your hour and the power of darkness. This is your moment in the sun. This is your moment of unrestricted authority. This is your hour and the power of darkness. This morning, I want to preach for just a little bit on that 20 or on that 53rd verse. uh, And I want to show you a moment when the hour of darkness uh, turned and gave way to the light uh, and the power of a risen Savior. If you are a student of the Bible, you will remember or recognize that we read over and over and over again in the Word of God that the Bible says in places that His hour had not yet come. At the marriage of Cana of Galilee, Jesus says in John chapter 2 and verse number 4, Jesus said unto Mary, his mother woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. In John chapter 7 and verse number 30, the Bible says that they sought to take Jesus, but no man laid hands upon him because his hour was not yet come. In John chapter 8, the Bible says these words. uh, These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And no man laid hands upon him, for his hour was not yet come. John 13 and verse number 1. The Bible says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world. Beloved, what I'm trying to get across to you this morning and the point that I want to make is that over and over and over again in the word of God, we are told that there was a day, amen, and there was an hour on the calendar of God when the Christ amen when Jesus would be given into the hands of sinful men and that he would be crucified Jesus himself told his disciples on many occasions Jesus told them that he would fall into the hands of sinful men and that he would be crucified and buried and that he would be raised again on the third day In Mark chapter 8 and verse number 31, we read these words. And he began to teach them, his disciples. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. 
In Luke chapter 9, verse number 22, we also read that Jesus was saying that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be slain and be raised again upon the third day. So understand that it was no secret that Jesus had taught and he had told his disciples that he would be crucified, that he would be buried and that he would be in the grave for three days, but that he would rise again. The Bible reveals to us that Jesus was God in the flesh. He was the creator of both heaven and the earth. He was, amen, and is from everlasting unto everlasting. And yet there was an hour when Jesus, the son of the living God, allowed himself to be crucified for you and for me. Don't think for a moment that he could not have stopped his enemies from killing him. Don't think for a moment that things just somehow spiraled out of control. No, 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 no. Understand that this is your hour and the power of darkness. Understand that this moment that in the text that we read, this is the moment of unrestricted power to the enemy. This was his finest moment. This was his finest hour. It was his moment of unrestricted authority. Our text reveals to us the moment when Jesus was arrested he is dragged into Pilate's judgment hall and he doesn't answer a word. And, 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 the, and the priests and those that were examining him, Pilate, they said to him, do you not know who we are? Do you not know who I am? Do you not know that I have the power to set you free and I have the power to crucify you? In John chapter 19 and verse number 11, Jesus answers them and said, You could have no power at all against me, except it had been given you of my Father. You would have no power at all against me, except it had been given you from above. Understand this morning that this is your hour and the power of darkness. He could have stopped the whole thing, but he yielded himself to the plan of God. In John chapter 10, verse number 18, Jesus said these words. Uh, he said, no man can take my life. No man has the power to take my life, but I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to pick it back up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Amen. Don't think for a moment that he couldn't have put a halt to the whole scene of the crucifixion. No, this is your hour and the power of darkness. Don't think for a moment that he did not willingly allow himself to be the sacrifice for our sins. He could have spoke one word. He could have spoke one word and delivered himself 
from all of those evil men. In the book of John, we are told when they came to arrest Jesus, he said unto them in the book of John, whom seek ye? And they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. And the Bible says that he spoke unto them and said, I am he. And when he said it, there was so much power in his words that the Bible said that all of the soldiers and all of those that came to arrest him fell backward by the power of God's spirit. Don't think for a moment that he was overpowered and overwhelmed. No, 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 no. Understand that this is your hour and the power of darkness. Do you remember when Jesus was arrested? The text says that one of them pulled out his sword and cut off the high servant's or the high priest's servant's ear. Jesus says, put up your sword. He heals the man. But in the book of Matthew, we are given a little more insight. In Matthew chapter 26, verse number 53, Jesus says after he healed the servant's ear, he says in Matthew, do you not think that I could now currently pray to my father who is in heaven, who would give me or who would provide me? with 12 legion of angels to deliver me. Do you know this morning how many angels that would be? Amen. Jesus, first of all, let me point out, says that he would give me more than 12 legion of angels. But let's just deal with the 12 legion of angels for a moment. At a bare minimum, do you know how many angels, 12 legion of angels would be? A Roman legion was 6,000. So 6,000 times 12 equals 72,000 angels. 70, he said, don't you understand that I am willingly laying down my life I could put a halt to this by just calling on the name of my father and he would provide for me 72,000 angels and more. If I just ask. Now, how many of you know angels are very powerful beings? What kind of damage can one angel do in one night? You know what the Bible tells us. In Isaiah chapter 37, there was a time when the king of Assyria, Sennacherib by name, came against the city of Jerusalem to destroy the city of God. And God defended the city. How did he do it? Isaiah chapter 37 tells us he sent one angel. And that one angel in one night slew 185,000 men in one night, one angel. The Bible tells us that that angel killed 185,000 men in one night. So one legion, just one legion of angels could destroy 1,110,000,000 men in one night. Amen. So what could 12 legions of angels do? If you do the math, 
Jesus, if he had called 12 legion of angels, they could have destroyed 13,320,000,000 people in one night. Now, how many of you know that's twice as many people that currently live on planet Earth? So what I'm saying is that Jesus, amen, this thing didn't spiral out of his control. He willingly laid down his life. Amen. He didn't need Peter's swordsmanship. He said, if I wanted to deliver myself, all I would need to do is call upon my father and he would currently give me, provide for me, amen, 12 legion of angels to deliver me. But I'm going to willingly lay down my life for your sins. For your sin and for your iniquity. Understand, he was, amen, he was not overwhelmed by the moment. No. This is your hour and the power of darkness. He knew that it was time for him to voluntarily lay down his life for the salvation of mankind. When he came, John the Baptist saw him coming down the banks of the Jordan River and he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. The Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. He, was, he knew that the moment had come for him to lay down his life and to give himself as a sacrifice for our iniquities. He knew that the moment had come for him to voluntarily lay down his life for the human race. This Satan, this powers of darkness, this is your hour. This is your 15 minutes of fame. This is your moment in the sun. This is your moment of unrestricted power. Go ahead, Satan. Work your dastardly deeds of darkness. You who have come to steal and to kill and to destroy. Go ahead. Do as you will because this is your hour. And the power of darkness. Go ahead, Judas. Betray him for 30 pieces of silver. Betray him with the kiss of friendship. Betray the Son of God. Because this is your hour and the power of darkness. Go ahead, Caiaphas, high priest of the Jews, you who are so full of hatred and anger and so full of envy that you would sentence him to death. Go ahead. No one's going to stop you. This is your hour. This is your moment. This is your... Go ahead, Pontius Pilate. You remember Pilate, he's the one that said as he stood there before Jesus and Jesus stood before him, Pontius Pilate is the one that said, I can find no fault in this man. And the crowd began to chant or cry, crucify him. And Pilate goes on to say, why? What evil has he done? Go ahead, Pilate, wash your hands of the matter. Because this is the hour of the power of darkness.
Go ahead, Roman soldiers. Scourge him with the whip of catadine tails and beat him until the blood runs down his back and the entrails begin to show through his back as his skin is torn and tattered. Go ahead, soldiers. Spit upon his precious face and mash the crown of thorns upon his brow. Amen. Until the thorns dig into the flesh and blood begins to pour down, amen, from his wounded brow. Go ahead, Roman soldiers, and drive the nails, amen, into his hands and into his feet and crucify the Lord of glory. Gamble for his clothes and watch as he cries, hanging on the cross, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why? Have you forsaken me? Go ahead, Roman soldiers. This is your hour. This is your moment, power of darkness. Go ahead, mocking crowd, and laugh and revile him. Watch as he suffers for your sins and listen as he prays. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Go ahead. Walking crowd, this is your hour in the power of darkness. Go ahead. Sun refused to shine. The Bible tells us that from the sixth hour unto the ninth hour, that there was darkness upon the land. That would have been from 12 o'clock noon to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. There was darkness across the land, and the sun refused to shine. Go ahead, darkness. This is your moment. Go ahead, Satan. Go ahead and dance with glee. Let the demonic powers of hell rejoice as he breathes his last breath and declares, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Go ahead, amen, enemy. Go ahead, Satan, rejoice. This is your hour. And the power of darkness is your moment. This is your moment. This is your hour. And the power of darkness, go ahead, death. Rejoice that the sting of death has even taken its toll upon the Son of God. Go ahead, death, rejoice as the sting of your power has even had an effect upon the miracle worker, Jesus. Go ahead, grave, and tighten your grip around him, your icy, cold fingers, the death grip of the, of the enemy. Go ahead, death. You've got him. This is your power. No one has ever escaped the grave. No one has ever escaped the power or been able to resist the power of the grave. This is your moment. You've got him. It's over. This is your hour. And the power of darkness. But hey, let me remind you this morning that an hour only lasts so long. Let me remind you, death, that an hour only lasts so long. Let me remind you, powers of darkness, an hour 
will only last so long. Keep in mind, amen, that an hour only lasts for so long. This may be your, amen, this may be your hour. This may be the hour when darkness has had unrestricted movement. But, but an hour only lasts so long. Keep in mind death. Keep in mind grave. Keep in mind the enemy that Sunday is coming. Hallelujah. Keep in mind when the clock strikes midnight that a brand new hour is coming. And your hour of darkness is going to be over. Come Sunday morning, death is going to give way to life. Come Sunday morning, sin is going to give up its power unto a brand new way of salvation. Come Sunday morning, the grave is going to give back what it took and what it could not hold. Come Sunday morning, amen, the hour of darkness, amen, was over and Jesus arose from the grave victorious over death, over hell, over our adversary. And because he overcame, we can overcome. Come in him. Psalms chapter 30 and verse number 5 says these words. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It was a long, dark night of the powers of the enemy. But oh, what a glorious, glorious morning when our Jesus arose from the grave. The Bible says in Luke chapter 24 and verse number one, the Bible says now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher bringing spices which they had prepared and there were certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the opening of the tomb. And they entered in and they found not, the Bible says, the body of the Lord Jesus. And and the scripture said, it came to pass as they were there. Amen. They were much perplexed thereabout. And behold, while they were standing there in this state of confusion and in this state of anxiety, wondering what happened and wondering where his body was, the Bible said that two angels stood by them in shining garments. And they said unto them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. Amen but he has risen remember how he spake unto you while he was yet in Galilee and the Bible said that they remembered his words his words that the son of man would fall into the hands of sinful men would be crucified and die and buried but that he would be raised again on the third day This morning I came to declare unto you by God's word that he is alive. The grave could not hold him. He is alive. I'm reminded of a little story of a man who had been walking down the street. And in the window of this store, a beautiful painting of the crucifixion caught his eye. And so he stood there and 
was looking through the store window at this beautiful painting of the crucifixion. And his, as he stood there gazing for the longest time, he noticed that there was a young boy that was standing beside him looking as well. And he said to the young man, Son, do you know what that picture means? And the little boy, chewing on his bubble gum, said, Don't you know, mister? Said, That there painting right there, that man right there that's on the cross, that's Jesus. And that lady that's crying, well, that's his mom. And them other fellas in that painting, they're the Roman soldiers. They're the ones that killed him. And they stood there looking together in that photo or at that painting in the shop. And finally the man smiled at the little boy and took one last look and started on down the sidewalk. He hadn't got too far. And he heard footsteps behind him running down the sidewalk and he turned to see that little boy coming just as fast as he can and hollering at the top of his lungs. Hey, mister! Hey, mister! Hang out! Hey, mister! I forgot to tell you, he didn't stay dead. I came to tell you this morning that he didn't stay dead. He's alive this morning. He's alive this morning. He died for our sins, but he rose for our justification. And he is seated this morning at the right hand of God our Father. And the Bible said that he ever lives to make intercession for you and I. Praise God Almighty. Amen. He gave himself for you and I. He died that we might be forgiven of our sins. He died that we could be set free. He died so that we might be redeemed and restored. If you are listening this morning to this broadcast and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and your personal Savior, I say to you, this is your hour. This is your moment to invite the living, risen Savior into your life and allow him to be the Lord of your heart and the Lord of your life. You are not here by accident. You are not listening by chance. But this is your hour. This is your moment. Say yes to Jesus Christ. If you are here this morning and you have already invited Christ into your heart, then let me tell you today that you have good reason to celebrate. Because the God that we serve, the Christ that we serve, is no longer in the grave. But he is alive. He is risen. He said to John on the Isle of Patmos in the book of Revelation, I am he that was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. If you're listening this morning and you have already made him the Lord of your life, then you have reason to celebrate. You celebrate a living God, a living Christ. Amen. A living Lord. Worship him today. Bow your heads as we close our message. 
and allow me to just pray with you before we sign off here today. Heavenly Father, I pray that if there are those that have not yet made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, if there are someone, amen, if there is someone that is that has not invited Christ into their life, then I pray today, Father, that you will speak to their hearts, that you will knock upon their heart's door, and that you will allow them to invite you to come in. You gave yourself to be the recompense, the propitiation of our sin the atonement for our sin. You gave your life so that we might have your righteousness before God. If there's someone here that's listening that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that you would tug at their heart this morning and tell them that you would desire to be their Savior. Let them hear your Spirit speak to them in their inner man. And Lord, if, if, if we are watching this morning and we have made that commitment, then allow us to rejoice. Rejoice in the fact that our Savior lives. Our Savior not only loves us and has grace that is sufficient for us, but that He is alive and well and reigns forevermore. Amen. Amen. Let us have a beautiful day of celebration today. As we close, Father, I pray that you would touch every heart and every life. Minister, I ask, to every need. Every need of every household that listens today, Father, I pray that you would just open the windows of heaven and shower out what they need. Make a way for them where there does not seem to be a way. If they are struggling, lighten their load. If they are hurting, bring health and healing and bring comfort to their life. In all things, I ask, let Christ be glorified and lifted up. And let people be edified and come to the knowledge of the love of the Master, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray all of these things in his mighty name. Amen and amen. God richly bless you this morning. Come and be with us again next week, and we will look forward to it. Same time, same place, right here. God bless you. We love you, and we will see you soon. Amen.